0: Hey everyone, before we get going today, I wanted to tell you about Roan, a new men's activewear company that uses the most innovative fabrics on the planet. Men finally have a premium activewear option. They build clothing around three main tenants: performance, comfort, and style. Every piece they make has a performance component to it, such as rapid moisture wicking to keep you dry, and four-way stretch to keep you squatting deeply. Every piece has an amazing feel and is designed to be comfortable and sophisticated, you won't be a walking billboard and won't feel out of place wearing the clothing to either the gym or a bar afterward. It also has anti-odor technology, so you won't stink. They sent me their Sequoia quarter zip jacket. It is gorgeous. I wear it to work. I wear it out on the golf course. I wear it running. It's light. It, it doesn't stink, and uh, it looks great, too. And uh, to check out their brand-new collection, visit roan.com FTW. That's R-H-O-N-E dot com slash F-T-W. And right now they are offering F-T-W listeners an inside deal for 15% off your first order when you enter code F-T-W on Roan.com slash F-T-W. Once again, that's Roan.com, R-H-O-N-E dot com slash F-T-W, and use the code F-T-W for 15% off your first order. Roan, made for men, fit for kings. All right, let's do it. Hey everyone, this is Nate Scott, and this is the For the Win podcast. Your home to everything that's buzzing in the world of sports. My guest today is a contributor at Vice Sports, a news writer and broadcaster at WR WBUR ninety point nine FM, and a news anchor at iHeart Media. My friend, kid I grew up with, I'm a Massachusetts native, David Tanklevsky. Hey man. Hey Nate, how are you? I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm good. It's great to see the uh, the math kids doing doing good in the world, doing good in the world, something like that, or at least uh, <laughs> giving people good news updates every once in a while and silly. Blogs. Yeah, yeah. Every once in a while, we can bring some good news to people. So I wanted to call you up to talk about David Ortiz, whose yes. uh, major league baseball career ended last night after the Red Sox sadly kind of petered out of the playoffs, getting swept by the Cleveland Indians. You are. The most the most loyal Red Sox fan I know. I think you you supported the team before it was cool to do so. I can testify to that. Um, I guess for you, you know, the way Ortiz went down, not really being pitched to in his final at bat, that sort of end of the series. Does that leave a sour taste in your mouth, or are are you okay with that ending for for Ortiz, especially after his season?
1: Well, I guess it would have left a little bit of a sour taste, uh, just just in the way they lost the ball game. I don't really think you can you can't really quibble with Farrell uh pinch running for him although I would have loved to have seen him it was like when he got the 30 pitch and it went to 3 and 1 he was uh he was or went to 3 and 0 and he was walked it looked like he wanted the uh, the strike call so he could stay up there yeah. and, and take his cuts but uh I, you know I was disappointed with the way the season ended for them but uh just a great moment to see him go out onto the field afterwards uh and greet the fans who were who were cheering for him and everything and uh and you got to love like just the guys uh the way he can capture the moment you know going out uh, to the pitches round and tipping his cap to the fans one last time, which was notably, you know, something that uh, the, other, the other Red Sox, the only other Red Sox really that's comparable to him at this point, Ted Williams never did in his final at-bat. So it was cool, I think, overall, um, although you would have loved for him to have kind of a, an epic run to the World Series.
0: I, I want to talk more about Ortiz's legacy in Boston. Quickly for you, are you surprised by how the Red Sox went out in this series?
1: I definitely was. I mean, this team was really firing on all cylinders until the last week of the season. They'd won 11 in a row, and all these great young um, hitters were uh, producing at the level I think people thought that they could get to. So from that perspective, it was really, I think, a disappointment to a lot of people. I would have never you know, expected they'd score um, seven runs in 21 innings in this series. Uh, they led for one inning in the entire series. So I think people were surprised at how quickly the air was kind of taken out of the balloon, on the other hand, uh, I just took a look before we talked uh, uh, at, you know, who is a free agent. And there's really nobody that, uh, that was really productive from that young core that's a free agent for three or four years. So I do think there's a lot to look forward to. Um, but, yeah, I was, I was surprised, that especially the way the bats went quiet in this series. So from that perspective, it was a bummer of a note uh, for Ortiz to go out on for sure.
0: Yeah, and and I think uh for the Red Sox just quickly moving forward, you know, shore up the bullpen, add another arm and this team's ready to, ready to rock right again and um Boston fans have a lot to look forward to. Let's talk about Ortiz though. Totally. Uh you know, you and I were sort of at that perfect age for the O three O four, just at the height of caring about sports, I think for me at least, maybe maybe a little bit younger, but for me kind of right there at the at the heart of when we were sort of caring about sports. Uh, for how Ortiz came into the team, joining as sort of a, almost a flyer, you know, the, the Red Sox came a one-year contract after uh, the Twins couldn't find a, a trade partner for him. Pedro Martinez basically told the team, hey, let's let's take a shot on this kid. Uh, to for, for him to come from that into being, I don't know, right there with Ted Williams as the greatest Red Sox hitter, you know, ever. I are you was it the park? Was it the city of Boston? What what was right for David Ortiz in in Boston? What, what what why did he succeed so much here?
1: I think David Ortiz uh came along at kind of the perfect time in Red Sox history. He was kind of this crystalline uh, you know, magical figure. I mean, it's really like a little bit biblical the way he um became this force of nature uh once he arrived with the red sox um you know you mentioned when he came in 2003 it was like jeremy giambi was playing in front of david ortiz Mm -hmm. i think they said today he played in like 60 percent of his games the first two months he was there on that 03 team and he was like telling Theo, you know i want to be traded if i'm not going to get my chance so i think this was a guy who had kind of come into his own he knew Um, something within him knew that he was going to be a really productive player in the big leagues if the team would just give him the chance. And thankfully, uh, when he finally kind of, I think it was in May, he had a big home run against the Angels that year. And after that, David Ortiz was was kind of born. I think it is interesting, you know, in a similar way that someone like Tom Brady, uh, another revered Boston sports figure from this era, you know, Brady was, as everyone knows, he was a seventh-round pick. Nobody believed in him. Everybody passed up on him. I think there was a little bit of that with David Ortiz, too. He had a chip on his shoulder, and he came into an organization that was set up to um, to embrace a guy with his personality. And, you know, none of this happens, of course, if 2004 doesn't happen, if he doesn't become the uh, clutch player in the ALCS in '04 and the World Series. But uh, just the way that he kind of... Rose from nowhere uh is a little bit uh biblical and apocryphal and uh and I think that's part of the mystique of david ortiz to be sure
0: yeah i I wrote about it this morning and I think it you're right it was just the it was the perfect time it was the perfect lineup he had manny there to right. you know protect him to get on base he had good good guys in front of him he had a manager who knew what to do with him. He had that short foul foul pole and right that he just loved mm-hmm. to hook balls around. I mean, it was just yep. every single thing sort of was perfect for him. And I think what's so great about Ortiz is I feel like he believed in that team and that city and himself before even the rest of Boston was ready to believe. Like like it I, I was yeah. sorta of blown away. I was looking at that seven game series that the, the Red Sox lost in two thousand three on the on the Aaron Bleeping Boone home run. Yeah Ortiz was incredible in that. He had two home runs, six RBIs. He was he was arguably the Red Sox yeah. best hitter in that and it was almost like even before anyone else on that team in that city was ready, Ortiz was like, We're doing this. Like we got it. Right, and, yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: Yeah. And so it, it's sort of not surprising that in two thousand four, you know, given the opportunity, he's like, All right, yeah, I'm I got it. We're good. <laughs> I think
1: yeah, that's when I think we all realized, you know, in those sort of mythical days of October uh 20, 2014, uh two thousand four you know, there was a sense of inevitability when he came to the plate in that series, and that carried over throughout his career. Like, I remember going to a game three years ago. I looked this up, too. This was June 2013. It was his final walk-off home run, and I was there with Mrs. Kate,
0: mm-hmm. uh, my mom, not my
1: wife. <laughs> and, uh, and it's the bottom of the ninth. It's tied at three. There's two guys on, nobody out. And Ortiz was at the plate. The fans come to their feet. And I've just never experienced anything like this with any other player. There was this air of inevitability like, okay, we've arrived at the moment where Ortiz comes to the plate and hits a game-winning home run, and that's what happened. And I've just never seen someone sort of manifest what 33,000 people were expecting to happen. It was almost like, okay, and now's that moment, and here it is happening in front of our eyes. (laughs)
0: I'm I'm glad you brought up 2013 because I think that was when Ortiz solidified his place in boston sports lore as the man who strangely the city i guess not strangely it, it's unsurprising that the city turned to in the aftermath of the boston marathon and that mm-hmm. speech he gave uh in halting english expletive ridden completely inappropriate mm-hmm. and at, at the same time was exactly what needed to be said and it kind of captured the spirit of this city and I don't know, for, for – I think something else that is uh, – and, and I know you've, you've talked about this a little bit, but for a team with, and a city with such horrifying history of race relations and the Boston Red Sox' refusal for a long time to integrate and to have the hero and the man who a city turned to in its darkest hour – be a six foot three black guy from the Dominican Republic. I think is is something that will, you know, arguably more than anything else he did on the field, be Ortiz's legacy for the city of Boston.
1: Yeah, I think that's spot on. I mean, I think that was the moment that he kind of became bigger than. I mean, he was already bigger than a baseball player because of two thousand four and because of his kind of endearing personality. But that was when he really became interwoven with like the fabric of the city where he became something much bigger than a baseball player, something kind of transcendental about that, that moment and that speech. And, uh, and a lot of the work that he's done outside of, of that as well, you know, working with the Jimmy fund and sick kids and, and the David Ortiz children's found children's fund. I don't want to, you know, overstate it, but I think there are some aspects of real humanitarian um, impulses within David Ortiz and the work that he's done. And so I think that moment, again, really crystallized what he meant to the city of Boston. And, you know, like, you know, growing up here, um, we love our sports heroes in a very kind of specific way. Mm -hmm. And I think he even transcended that in some ways. Like you could look at Bill Russell and the impact he had on Boston in a time where it was a much more racially divided city. And other than that, I think you would look at David Ortiz and kind of the cultural impact that he's had on the city as, as maybe the two most important, uh, athletic figures from that kind of standpoint outside of sports um, that, that the city has seen.
0: We're going to return to the call with David in just one moment. Before we do, wanted to tell you about Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans, which proudly supports the For the Win podcast. Rocket Mortgage brings the mortgage approval process into the 21st century. Fast, powerful, and completely online, Rocket Mortgage has taken all the complicated, time-consuming parts of applying for a mortgage out of the equation. Hate searching through stacks of old files and paperwork? With Rocket Mortgage, you can easily share your bank statements and pay stubs at the touch of a button, helping you get approved in minutes for a custom mortgage solution that's been tailored to your unique financial situation. Even better, with Rocket Mortgage, you can do all this on your phone or tablet. It's a quick online process that you can manage from the convenience of your couch. So if you're looking to refinance your mortgage or buy a home, check out Rocket Mortgage today at quickandloanscom FTW. Again, it's quickenloans.com slash FTW. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states. NMLS org number 3030. All right, let's get back to the call. Do you think it was, you know, that Ortiz in 04, there was all sorts of heroes on that team. There was Schilling, who has since sort of soured his his legacy with any number of things. Sort of <laughs> just, a up bit, on. just a bit. Just a bit, and you know Manny Ramirez and Pedro their time in in Boston didn't end in sort of this fairytale way was it ortiz's longevity that played into it or was it just the moments he created and and his personality like why why did he become the defining sort of iconic figure of that of that 04 team
1: yeah you know it's interesting i think it's what you said at the end i think it's sort of his qualities of his personality in some ways that are even bigger than than all the clutch hits. I mean, it's kind of like this quality of endearment and generosity. Um, I think that's made fans, you know, in Boston for sure, but also across baseball, a little more willing to overlook some of the um, other sides of his personality. And it may not be huge things, but, you know, certainly prone to temper tantrums in the dugout. He took out the um, the bullpen phone in Baltimore, mm-hmm. um, you know, the language, whatever it might be. And also I think the PED stuff, I mean, we've, a lot of that I think is, is willing to be overlooked because of the kind of guy that, that he at least seems to be, um, and I think those qualities have have made him bigger than um, bigger than some of those other stars. It's also interesting, like you know, I remember when Clemens, we were I think you know we were ten or eleven, mm-hmm. and when Clemens left the Red Sox, there was so much acrimony between him and the team. Same when Mo Vaughn left. Same even when Pedro Martinez left. And it's really interesting that David Ortiz has been able to sort of go out on his terms in a way that very few. Um, Red Sox players have ever gone out, you know, with, with a smile on his face, ownership, giving him the three-day send off, And, uh, you know, when Yastrzemski left in 83, I think, you know, there was a day for him. And I know there's famous pictures of him um, running around in, you know, a circle around Fenway Park and giving the fans high five. So he went out in, in some degree um, with a measure of goodwill, but he was also a shell of what he had been. Ortiz is going out as the greatest 40-year-old baseball player
0: ever. It's almost unbelievable. I I just, you know, every crazy. every month this season I kept waiting for the announcement where he'd say the Red Sox and David Ortiz have agreed to a one-year extension. Because right, yeah. why why wouldn't they? He's he's, you know, a, a a top 15 hitter in the league at age 40. Why would he not why would he not, you know, if he even if he only hits 28 home runs, you know, that's that's right, someone totally, you want yeah. in your lineup. And I, I kept waiting for it to happen, and, and it just doesn't. Appear. I mean, you never say never. You know, walking away from this game is hard, and Ortiz might go home and sit on his butt for two weeks and say, you know what? No, I'm not. I'm not. I need to get back out there. I need to do it. So, you know, I'm not willing to definitively say this is. You're the not end. willing to say goodbye yet, Nate. I'm not. I know. <laughs> I, I know. It's it's weird. I, I just... But you
1: know what's interesting? I, I was I was watching his uh, his post game news conference, which went on for like a half hour last night. And he really strikes me as a guy that is pretty at peace with his decision. You know, a lot of times mm-hmm. with athletes that, that are going out um, at the top of their game and there aren't a lot of them, but there's a question of like, do I have more in the tank and who's to tell me that, that this is it? With him, I, I, I was I've almost been surprised by how even last night he talked about being emotional when he went out to the mound after the game but there was kind of a sense of finality and and peace to it that I think a lot of athletes don't have. And, uh, and I think that's really admirable, you know, for a guy who's meant so much to an organization for so long to be walking away. And, and at least from what it looks like in public, um, is pretty, is pretty at peace with his decision. So I guess don't hold your breath. I
0: know. Yeah, (laughs) I, I know. And, and I think, you know, that at peace, that, that personality he has, and it's manifested itself in different ways. You know, there, you did talk about the, the PED stuff. I, I am willing to sort of take my colleague Ted Berg's side on this, basically saying, uh, you know, he admitted to failing a 2003 PED test, which was never supposed to be made public. And baseball hadn't really clarified the rules at that point. So for him to be outed in that way is, is unfair. And we don't know who else was, on you know, I'm, I'm just sort of, uh, baseball had an issue. And if people want to let that besmirch his legacy, they can, I choose not to focus on it. I, I hope others won't, you know, I, I can understand why Yankee fans would, but for me, the thing that will stand out about him is that sort of personality that is so hard to explain, but basically just kind of a contentment you know that there never seemed to be nerves with him there never seemed to be uh frustration or fear it it, it was almost zen-like and how serene he was you know like you described when he stepped up and he knew he was going to hit a home run and 37,000 people in Fenway Park knew he was going to hit a home run (laughs) and the opposing pitcher knew he was going to hit a home run and he hit a home run and it's like yeah like that is something that is so rare and so transcendent in sports, and to see someone have that for thirteen years uh, and getting to watch it in real time was a blessing.
1: Well, it's interesting too, like when you compare it with with Williams, who is inarguably a better statistical player than yes. Ortiz, except when it came down to the most crucial moments, you know. And there's the famous uh, story of Williams, you know, his struggles in the '46 World Series, and he never got back to another World Series. And with Ortiz, he had this capability of rising in those moments in a way that so few athletes ever do. You combine that kind of with um, his his general demeanor, and uh, I you know it's not hard to parse through why he was um, or will be viewed as as such a hero in this town. And if it makes you feel any better, Nate, I just saw this too. Ramirez hit 364 this year as a DH in 44 at bats with eight extra base hits. So if he becomes uh, the DH in 2017. Uh, it'll at least kind of uh, soothe the uh, the wound of having Ortiz gone.
0: There you go. All right. Well, I'll make my peace with that. Last thing I wanted. <laughs> um, I, I I know you know this is sort of a bar a silly barroom discussion, but you know I made the argument today that Williams statistically greater. I I don't know about Ortiz and and Yaz, or it's hard to compare him to someone like Pedro or Clemens, but. For you, it's, it''s it's Williams Ortiz in that order, as greatest Red Sox players ever, or, or how do you have him?
1: It's so tough. I mean, I think it is for me. When you look at Williams, and I don't do it just based on the numbers, but Williams in a different era, um, he hit 344 lifetime, which is ridiculous. Um, and of course everybody knows the the middle three uh, or three years in the middle of his prime were taken out because of military service. I think that makes Ted Williams a hero in a different kind of way, like on a different kind of level. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, you know, Ortiz is more than a baseball player too, for the, the many reasons that we've, we've talked about. I think you can make the case if you wanted, and you can make a pretty compelling one that David Ortiz is the most important figure in the history of the Red Sox. I would still say, um, it would be Williams one and Ortiz a close second. It's hard to argue with the three world series, the clutch performances, um, and, and sort of the the off the field efforts. Um and you can give Ortiz this over Williams. He certainly did it with a smile on his face more often true. than Ted Williams. Did.
0: <laughs> Very true. And I'm so glad he's getting to leave in a good way. And you know, if the if there's one thing that has soured my Red Sox fandom over the last ten years, other than just become growing up and becoming a man, and that's what happens when you get older is you know, your, <laughs> yeah. your fan doesn't burn as bright is the way that the Red Sox have treated people on the way out the door. I've never agreed with it from Francona to, to Nomar right. to Don Orsillo to, you know, up and down the organization in, in any separate right. way. I, I've never felt good about the way that is. And, you know, I I, I think one of the great what-ifs is if 2013 hadn't happened, would we have seen the same with Ortiz? I think 2013 and his mm-hmm. continued excellence made it impossible for them to to do what the Red Sox had yeah. like to do. So I'm glad he just kept being amazing and not letting giving them the opportunity to...
1: Thanks for being amazing, David Orton. I know, thanks. <laughs> and for
0: not having us kick you on the way out. Seriously, good heavens. All right, uh, <laughs> David, man, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. And everyone, you can check David out on, on Vice, at WBUR in Boston, and iHeart Media Radio. Is that right? Am I missing yes. anything? No, you got it. You're on Twitter too. What's your Twitter handle?
1: Yeah, it's just at David Tanklowski.
0: At David Tanklowski. David, man, always a pleasure. And uh, who who are you rooting for now in the for World Series? Cubbies?
1: Oh man, I guess I'm rooting for the Cubs. I got to give it to Theo. I mean, I think they've got a, obviously a great shot. And uh, San Francisco's a tough out. So if they get by them, maybe the rest is just smooth sailing. Who knows? It it kind of feels like that year for them, but. Uh, I'm knocking on wood as I speak.
0: I'm with you. All right. Go Cubbies. David Mann, (laughs) always a pleasure, and I'm sure we'll talk soon.
1: Thanks, Nate. Thanks so much. We'll talk soon. All right, buddy.
0: All right, everyone. uh, Before we sign off, just wanted to say that we are going to start doing a new feature where we take questions and comments and complaints and everything from our listeners. So if you want to ask something, if you want to have a guest on, if you'd like to be on or, or leave us a call or, you know be a guest on the show, reach out. Uh, I'm on Twitter at a. Nate Scott. Likewise, if you rate or review us on iTunes we're going to start reading those every week on air. So if you have a funny question or just want to leave some feedback, uh, find us on iTunes. It's uh, for the Wind podcasts at USA Today or some combination of those words should be able to find it on iTunes. Uh, we'll also link to it on the site. And uh, yeah, if you rate, review us, we will read them live on air as a, as a thank you. So if you have any shout outs you want to give, do anything, uh, just leave us a review on iTunes and we will happily read it up. Otherwise hit me up on Twitter at a A&H eight Scott and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll do that moving forward. So, so excited for it. So excited to talk to you guys uh, about anything you want to talk about. So hit me up. All right. Later.